I wonder how many of you have ever been involved in building a new house or remodelling an old house or a bit of renovation, you know, DIY or indeed any kind of construction project. I have to say that I've done all of these. The new house belonged to friends and they needed labourers. We remodelled the kitchen in our first house, basically changing the layout by turning it 180 degrees. And I have to say I hope never to have to do that again or tiptoe across the exposed beams for weeks. The replacement of kitchens wasn't such a bother and decorating was okay too. And the construction project, well, that was probably a bit more of a tentative involvement in that we walked the West Highland Way to help a friend raise funds to build a nursery school in Malawi. She ended up being able to build four. The one thing that they all had in common, apart from me, was that none were completed ahead of schedule. Each one had something that stopped its progress. I think that seems to be the way with construction projects. They can be a bit of a challenge at times. Certainly, Nehemiah found that to be the case. He was serving the king of Persia way back in the 5th century BC. Israel had been defeated over a century earlier and her people had been scattered across the ancient world. What was so devastating to them was not just the defeat of their army or the loss of their land, it was their dream of building a community through whom God would bless all the nations of the world. That was lost too. In Nehemiah's day, some Israelites are allowed to return to Jerusalem and people like Nehemiah started to get their hopes up. Maybe this would be the rebirth of the dream. But Nehemiah gets word one day that Jerusalem is still in ruins. He was told, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And it seems that the people who had returned are living in fear. And because of that fear, they have no vision and no idea of what they were supposed to do. Their hope for the future is draining away. And on hearing this, Nehemiah sits down and cries. Not because he's a fragile character. After all, his job was to be the cupbearer to the king. He literally put his life on the line countless times a day, testing everything the king ate and drank to make sure that no one had slipped a poison into any of the king's meals. Now, Nehemiah is not an overly soft-hearted soul, but this news knocks him for six. For days he can't eat, he can't sleep. He prays and mourns and fasts. In fact, he does this for months and then God gives him a vision. What if we rebuild the wall? And if we can rebuild the wall, then perhaps we can rebuild the city. And if we can rebuild the city, then God can restore our community. And if God can restore our community, then we can fulfill our destiny. And if we can fulfill our destiny, then the world could be different. It's a great story. And as we read on, it might seem like they're faced with an impossible task, especially when they face opposition. But here's the secret to how they succeed. Everybody in the community has a part to play. Some help in the design and cast a vision. Some stand guard and pray. Some fetch water and encourage. Some are more physical and lay bricks. Some give money and take the vision forward. But everybody 
gives of their time. Everybody helps in one way or another because everyone has a part to play and all are needed. In Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20, we find Jesus' words as he casts his vision and his mission to his followers. That's us. Then Jesus came to his followers and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we know now where his authority comes from. And he goes on, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And when we face opposition... When morale and spirit seem to flag, when we get used to how things are and we start to think that the task ahead can't be done and it certainly can't be done by me, Jesus is the one who says to us, yes it can. Together you can do it because I am with you always to the very end of the age. You don't have to do it in your own strength. Nehemiah knew where his strength came from. He knew who gave him the vision. And at those times when the people felt they were being overwhelmed by the negative, those times when they were afraid of what lay ahead, he told them, you know, this isn't just about walls. This is about our relationship with God. It's about building up the community of God. And when they heard that, the people returned to work. They persevered and they persevered together. And the day finally came when they laid the last brick. The wall was complete. They'd done it and they'd done it together. And do you know how they celebrated? Well, first the prophet Ezra read from the book of the law from daybreak to noon. That's from six in the morning until noon. And we're told all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Six hours of preaching. And the people not only listened, they listened attentively. And what the people heard during that six hours was that God had chosen them to be his people. It was about a special relationship, a special covenant. It was about how God, for no reason at all, had said, I'm going to call a people to myself and through them I'm going to bless the world. It was such a powerful and amazing thing that they heard that when they heard it and realised how far they had fallen short of their side of the covenant agreement, in fact, how they'd lost sight of it altogether, that they wept just as Nehemiah wept. And here's what I find an amazing thing. They are not told to go and make sacrifices or pay any kind of penance at that moment of realisation. Instead, after the sermon, they're told, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah says that the bottom line here is not how we've sometimes got it wrong. It's the good news that God is our God and that he loves us. And even though we've fallen so far short, he's a gracious God. So do things to bring joy and celebrate that fact. Go and eat not just food, but choice food. 
Go and drink, not just drinks, but sweet drinks and share it with others because this is about God's community whom he loves and that's something to rejoice about. Nehemiah's story has a lot to teach us and here are just a few things. It starts with prayer. Nehemiah wept and prayed, he wondered and prayed, he waited and prayed and then the day came when he needed to work and pray. He needed to get out and take action. And this is a reminder that for everything we undertake we should start with prayer and continue to pray. Next we perhaps need to realise that God's plans are bigger and can sometimes be beyond what we can imagine can be accomplished. Nehemiah asks God to give him favour with the king. He then asks the king to be allowed to go to Jerusalem and attend to the work of the rebuilding of the wall. And the king not only grants that request, but when Nehemiah seems to take a stand that we're probably familiar with, if you don't ask, you don't get, the king provides him with a wide range of resources, including letters documenting the king's support and items for rebuilding. Nehemiah's story also tells us you don't need to be ordained in order to be the one that receives and casts a vision and push forward God's plan. But it also tells us it's not just about the one person, it's about teamwork. And if we face opposition or delays or feelings of discouragement, we should still keep moving forward by recasting the vision, retelling the story of where God wants us to be and who he wants us to be in the time and the place that we find ourselves. As we move into a new phase in the life of our church, these are important things for us to remember. But remember too the good news that God is our God and he loves us. So take time to celebrate as well. <laughs>